Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The guest of Mythos Mysteries brings an exclusive gift to the Patreon members. It is a gift of razor-sharp claws, glistening fangs, all wrapped neatly in a coat of fur. It is season two of the Nights of Darkness. This time, the lycanthropes are running wild. We here at the Fumbling Four Network take mental health very serious. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. If you don't like talking on the phone, you can text or start an online chat. Once again, the number is 1-800-273-8255. Hey, it's your Mythos Master, Ariel. Just want to give a shout out to our patrons. We have our investigator, patron, Klingster, our Biaki patron, Trickster, and our Dagon patron, The Seven Sins. Thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. Yes, the Patreon is finally up for Call of Cthulhu Mythos Mysteries. If you want to take a look at it, I will have the link in the show notes. But without further ado, enjoy the show. Welcome back, my gentle little listeners, my little babies. This is Travis, and I am the keeper of the Call of Cthulhu Mythos Mysteries. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Okay. Are you the keeper of things in your pants, too? I'm keeper of earthen. <laughs> All right. And like I said, uh, you're tuned in to Call of Cthulhu Mythos Mysteries, where every episode... We bring you a bunch of nonsense and we're going to introduce our players, their characters. And this time around, I've got a question for you guys. What is something very precious to you? You would be willing to sacrifice in exchange for like cosmic knowledge, knowledge of the old ones. Let's start with Mark. Hello, my name is Mark. I'll be playing the pilot known as Finn Hastings. And <clears throat> the one precious thing I'd be willing to sacrifice for cosmic knowledge. Probably my uh, almost $4,000 drone. 
Drum? Drone. I thought you said drum. No. $4,000 drone. It's made from human flesh, this <laughs> drum. <laughs> no, my, right. my almost $4,000 drone. All right. <clears throat> Cosmic knowledge granted to Mark. Aaron. Oh, God. Um, hi, I'm Aaron. And I play uh, a lot of people. But uh, <laughs> right now, it's Morgan Weston. <laughs> and... um. If I was going to sacrifice one precious thing to gain cosmic knowledge. Oh, gosh. Um, I guess it would. Something I could deal without, I guess. Um, then it's not precious. That, well, no, I'm not sacrificing my wife and children. I guess. Okay. I guess I don't get knowledge then. <laughs> to each their own. <laughs> something, something you hold dear and precious to you. You sacrifice um, it for cosmic knowledge. Okay. Uh, I guess. I guess I would sacrifice Evie. The car. <laughs> the car. <laughs> Cosmic knowledge granted to Aaron. All about cars. <laughs> Ariel. I'm Ariel. I play the secretary, Ruth Elwood. And I would sacrifice Aaron. What? I wouldn't ah! do that to you, and you would do that to me? Oh, cosmic knowledge granted to Ariel. Plus, whatever cosmic knowledge Aaron has is now granted to you also. Yes. Michelle. God damn. Uh, oi, I'm Michelle, and I'm playing Clara Connor, and she is a librarian slash tinker. And I'm trying to think out of all my stuff what I would, what is most precious? I have a Batman card. Signed by Adam West that I would sacrifice. Oof. For fuck's sake. You get cosmic knowledge. And then you get the card back. Because <laughs> I can't do that to you. <laughs> oh, okay. I see how it is. You got rid of a car. <laughs> and she got rid of me. Yeah, but there's plenty of bald dudes. Get- <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Daniel. Uh, Daniel, I play the archaeologist known as Texas Powers. <laughs> Every time. Texas, Texas Powers. Powers. Um, I think I like Aaron. I'd have to get rid of my vehicle. Get rid of your vehicle. Mm-hmm. All right. Cosmic knowledge granted to Daniel. But I noticed all of you except for Ariel gave up something of monetary value. Yeah, I don't want to get rid of my cats. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I can't give up my cats or my yeah, I can't give, yeah. family members or nope. loved ones. <clears throat> Ariel is, is truly a cultist. Hell yeah. <laughs> huh? if, that's the, if that's the price of knowledge, I don't think I want to. I guess I'm going to be dumb for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> but they're just cats. You got, you would know everything. Nah. Okay. I well, get, I would I do, give up all of your cats for that. I, I, do have, I do have one cat I could give up. Oh, God. Now, if you see me sneaking in with a big pillowcase and it's going, just know I'm going to be smart tomorrow. Just, <laughs> just take, the, take the fat one is, is all I ask. Just take the fat one. Okay. Real quick breakdown. What happened last time? Fen was passed out. Um, 
They left him in the hotel room while they decided to go check out Terrifson's pawn shop. Um, when they were leaving, Jillian, the skinless woman, was there. She killed the innkeeper. They were trying to figure out a way around her. Um, Clara in Texas jumped out of a out of a was a third store third floor window. They jumped out of a window. Uh, no, it wasn't a window. It was part of the building that had been burned out and collapsed. Yeah. They both got hurt. Uh, Ruth decided she was going to confront Jillian and Morgan was having none of that. So he was following her. Um, some madness ensued. Whereas Ruth shoved a loaded syringe with heroin right into Jillian's eye and depressed the plunger, which loaded what is left of Jillian's brain and her brainstem from when Ruth shot her in the head. Um, and Jillian is crumpled on the floor in an odd state of ecstasy and pure pain. Uh, our investigators eventually made their way to Tariffson's pawn shop where they decided to purchase some firearms, some ammunition. Uh, Mr. Tariffson made Texas an offer to purchase some pages from a very old book. Um, Clara found some scrapbooks with old newspaper clippings in them. And Ruth, Texas, and Morgan were all called over to the counter where Mr. Tariffson showed them a sigil. And when he placed his bloody palm on it, they were locked and bound into place. So the three of you are locked, just bound there in front of Mr. Tariffson. And Clara, you're sitting on this very nice red crushed velvet lounging couch. And you've got a few, you've collected a few scrapbooks off of these bookshelves and they're in front of you. And you're so intrigued by this, you don't even notice that across the room, your three friends have just frozen in place. Finn, you kind of groggily, you, you're waking up and you notice you're in a dark room. Um, you've got a blanket on you. Um, and you've got flashes of being attacked by these two creatures. They look like men. Your body hurts from adrenaline and just being in shock. And you had, you passed out. You don't even know how you got in here, but you can tell you're, you're a rundown bedroom. You're covered in a blanket. And when you wake up, you see flashes of being attacked by these two men, but they are horribly disformed. And you see flashes of you running. And I need you to make a sanity roll. 75. Okay. So, yeah, you just did what you just make it? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. So, you wake up and. You're by yourself. I'm going to sit up and like upon freaking out slightly because of the nightmarish things I just seen, I'm going to like search my pockets because I know that film is very precious and it's needed. All right. I'm going to reach into my pocket and and your pockets plasma. are your pockets are empty. <clears throat> Alrighty. I'm going to immediately uh, rush out the door and down the stairs. Alright, so uh, you go out the door and you notice this long, dark hallway is 
well, it's long and dark. Um, some of the rooms are boarded over. Some of them have tarps over the doors and the, the tarps are blowing in from the breeze from the outside. Um, and as you are going out, you notice near the, near the stairs, you notice a little, it's a little white, a white, little white card catches your eye. I'm going to grab it okay. and look at it. And it is the, it is the business card for Tariffson's pawn shop. And you remember speaking with, with Mr. Tariffson at the, the diner. Uh, I'm going to head there. Okay. Um, so as you're going down the stairs, so uh, there at the, you look down at the first floor and there's a woman. She's kind of crumpled up and leaning up against the wall. She's in a white fur coat that's just been smeared and stained with blood. And she's, from what you can see from how dark it is, she's got her hands in front of her face and she's just looking at her hands and she's just, she's not moving. It's slow motion, but it's because she's just moving like she's moving very, I would say slow, but it's deliberate. And mm. she's look, her hands are in front of her face, like she's staring at her palms. Uh, I'm just going to move past her. This place is okay. already weird enough. Yeah. Well, when you get close, you notice she's got a bullet hole square in her forehead, and in her left, where her left eye should be, is a metal and glass butt end of a syringe has been shoved into that eye socket. And as you come by, she one hand comes out towards you and her her coat pulls open and she has been skinned. It is muscle and sinew and veins and she looks at you and Finn, Finn, where have you been? Finn, how we took you down. You weren't supposed to come out of it. You were supposed to die with the boy. He's in a field somewhere. And are you you're just going to continue to run past her? Yep. Okay. Keep on moving. All right. So you run past her. <clears throat> Clara. Yeah. You are on this very nice. It's like a Victorian era crushed red velvet, big lounging couch, and you've got these scrapbooks of their new old newspaper clippings and old like flyers that would be in a town square. So, as you're going through that, I if you could um, do, 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 let's see. Why don't you roll me uh, we'll use library use. Uh, 61 over 48. Okay. So as you're going, you notice that the front of the book, um, the front of this scrapbook you have, they're newer newspaper clippings. And they're from the Arkham Gazette. And as you're going, nothing really catches your eye. It's weather reports. There's one about uh, uh, a fishing vessel just completely disappearing and losing a crew of 25. But as you're going through the, um, the, pa the pages are getting older, you know, the dates on the newspapers are getting older and you're starting to get into the, the Innsmouth, the, uh, the Innsmouth evening times. And that's the newspaper that was from Innsmouth. Um, so, uh, if you want, when, let me know and you can roll another, but I, I would say, History. Nope, fifty-six over five. Okay, 
So you go through that first scrapbook and you don't really notice anything of interest. It's just, it's like someone had been just cutting out articles for the surrounding towns and just saving them. Things that may have been interesting. Uh, you notice a few recipes, uh, some obituary pages, but nothing, nothing really interesting to you. And you're going to, you've got these two other scrapbooks in front of you. So if you want to continue to look through those, you can. Yeah. But roll again? as a librarian, you are getting, you're kind of intrigued and you're wondering why somebody would save just these random newspapers. So yeah, I would say library use again. Okay. Okay. 24 under 48. Okay. So this, the second one you pick up and the, the pages are much older and you go through the first two page, first few pages and the, it's a newspaper article it catches your eye because the the paper is very old it's it's fairly weathered and it is from it's not even really a would say a newspaper it'd be like a one like a one sheet type of thing that would have been given out in the town square or or during a you know on sundays at church it would be local news they'd hand out and it is from it's 1823 and it's the the salem herald and there is it's a woodcutting print of two children. And uh, it says, uh, Cantrell family suffers uh, devastating loss. And as you look through it, it, it seems, you know, you're reading it and it seems like the Cantrell family was a, was a, a major pillar in, in the Salem area, in the, you know, 1700s, eight, early 1800s. It seems like uh, you know that this 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 story talks very highly of them, um, and it says Abner and Gwendolyn Cantrell frantically search for and beg local communities to help find their twi- missing twin children. Uh, and there is a, it's a wood cutting and it is two children, two, a boy and a girl. And it says, and as you read on, it's, it's talks about how they, their twins, fraternal twins, a boy and a girl were, were kidnapped in the middle of the night. I'm gonna turn to Ruth and, cause I'm gonna be like, hey, look at this. Yeah. And then am I going to notice that they... Um, you see the backs of Ruth, Morgan, and Texas. They're standing at the counter, but they are... It's it's like Morgan had his hand out, and Texas... It, it, they're, it, you notice that they're just... They're standing very still. Okay. And the Tariffson, the man behind the counter, he's got one palm, you know, fingers splayed, and his palm is down, and it's it's on the counter... And he's pushing down on a sheet of paper and his other hand is kind of up and his mouth is open and he's in mid they're all just standing there. Oh, he's frozen. frozen too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I'll slowly get up and kind of walk over there. Cause I, th- I think I would find that kind of concerning that they're not moving. Uh-huh. So you, you come to the counter and they're all, you know, they're all standing there and Texas and Ruth and Morgan, their eyes are kind of down to where Tariffson's palm was and Tariffson's staring at them. None of them are blinking and you can't even notice the movement of them breathing. They're just there. 
Roll a spot hidden to see if there's anything out of the ordinary here. Oh, in this in this area. Okay. Ooh, eleven under twenty-five. Okay, so as you're looking, nothing besides the fact that they're not blinking, breathing, or moving, with the four people standing here looks out of the out of the ordinary. But Teravis's hand is pushed down firmly on this sheet of paper and you can make out between his fingers you see looks like markings of a sigil it looks like drawings and there is a little bit of blood that has pooled around each finger uh, between the fingers on the paper and i wouldn't recognize the sigils would i no well his hand is on okay. top of it um and he's on the other side of the counter yeah okay can i walk around and try to pull his hand up to see um you can. But I don't know if he'll <laughs> What do I need to roll for that? Uh, you can just walk over there and try. Okay. Um, you can go over there and you know, roll a strength when you get o- when you get over there. Mm-mm. Okay. So you go around the counter and you grab his arm. Okay. As soon as you grab his arm, the your right arm, it feels like you're being electrocuted and you pull your hand back. Oh. Um, the all the hairs on your arm stand up and you can smell burnt hair from from your arm from when you touched him and texas ruth morgan you guys he you know uh tariffson starts laughing at you guys oh seems like your your little friend decided to stop reading and come and come and see what's going on over here <laughs> yeah she she decided to grab a hold of me. Can we talk to you? Like, is- oh yeah, yeah. You can't move. Like, you can speak, and everything that you guys do is you feel like you're in slow motion. And his hand is is still there, and he's kind of moving his hand back and forth on top of this sheet of paper. What's going on right now? Oh, you tell me. I made uh, Morgan an offer. We can cut the price of everything you wanted to purchase. And I talked to Texas over here about maybe if you'd like some sheets out of this, you know, those pages out of the book and maybe even a little bit of knowledge from me. Ruth, what do you want? Because I know you don't want your medicine. Who the fuck are you? Answer me! Who the fuck are you? (laughs) I'm just a friendly merchant. You didn't want my spoon of digging. (laughs) Here's the deal. Mr. Powers, I know you want those sheets, and I know you want a little bit of knowledge about those sheets. Morgan, I know you want some guns. Maybe I'll give you a little bit of info about the rest of you, because I recognized you as soon as I saw you in the diner. I don't care if you let your hair grow out or not. Then, Ruth, you don't... You don't think you want your medicine, but you do. Because what is it? Have you put in a full day? I say by this time tomorrow, you're going to be shaking pretty bad. <laughs> I could have told you that I wanted my medicine, uh-huh. but I'm not taking okay. it. Okay. Now, I just need to know. I got them. I'm offering some things to you. Is it something you want? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And he snaps his fingers and 
Morgan, you, you don't, it's like you jolted awake from a dream where you're falling and you see Clara across the counter and she's staring at her arm and her eyes are wide and she's just bewildered and you look over at Texas and Ruth and they're both frozen there and Harrison is just frozen there. Finn. Yes. You leave the hotel through the front door. The only thing of your companions you found was a business card you remember being handed at the diner. Yes. What are you doing? Um, I know if I remember right, somebody expressed some interest to go there. And that's the only thing I have to go on. So I'm headed to the pawn shop. Okay. Um, you had the map at one point. I'm going to assume you remember. You're a, you're a pilot. You probably remember th- things. Um, so you're going to head down there. They took the map from you oh. when you were passed out. So you're running across pain, and you hear across the river, you hear squealing car tires and gunshots off in the distance. You better run fast. Not my problem. Just going to okay. keep running. So while you're running there, uh, we're back to Texas and Ruth. And you you look and Morgan's gone. And Harrison says, now I'm I'll let one get away. I'll let one leave. And all I ask for the two of you is a little bit of a sacrifice. Just a small one. What are you willing to sacrifice to get a little bit of knowledge? Specifically, what are you looking for? Oh, Ruth, I can help you. And he, with his hand that's free, he takes his index finger and waves it up. And the two of you, your right hands come up, like just come up and towards the counter. And you can't control it. It just comes up and towards the counter and your fingers are splayed. And they're standing there and he's looking and pulls his hand off of the sheet and he reaches down and he pulls out a very ornate bronze ashtray and sets it down and he sets down a very nice lighter and he pulls out a box and he pulls out a cigar and sets it down and he pulls out the cigar clip and sets it down and he looks at the two of you and he pulls out the cigar and it's a show for him at this point takes he pulls up the cigar and he uses puts it in he clips off the front and clips off the back puts the cigar in his mouth and sets the clip down he takes the lighter and flips it open and lights it and he lights the cigar and he sets the lighter down but he's leaving it lit and he you've got one in five options right in front of you and it's not gonna it won't really stop you from your regular life i just want to know which one of those five you're willing to sacrifice for a little bit of knowledge so let me get this straight just sacrifice a finger and I get knowledge. Mm-hmm. Because I recognize those. I recognize the stain. And I knew you both spoke with the twins. Because remember, your guys' fingers, and it's going up to your palms and the back of your hands, are stained black. Mm-hmm. Any knowledge that I want. I've got specific knowledge for you. It's something I know you'll appreciate. 
depends on what the knowledge is because I'm looking for a very specific knowledge. Mm, it's some knowledge that's going to help you not deal with the withdrawal come tomorrow. That's not what I want. Mm. And he takes a big puff of the cigar and blows the smoke at both of you and he pulls out another bag and he opens it up and he goes, this isn't what you've normally had. Something, something they're calling methadone. It's going to help break you of that habit you've got. It's going to help calm you down. I want knowledge on how to kill Henry. Oh. Okay, you got a two in five chance. If you want knowledge on how to kill Henry. Specifically Henry Walters, or if we're going to have to get extremely specific Walter Lynch. (laughs) You know, you know it's Walter Lynch. All right. Yeah, two and five. And I can give you some guidance. In Texas, I know you want those pages. And I know you want this. And he takes his hand and he points at the sigil that he's obviously used to to lock you guys into where you're at. And I know you're going to want to know this and how to do this. And it's just a one in five. So you want me to get rid of one of my fingers? Mm, mm -hmm. And he takes another real big pull off his cigar. I need those for digs. No, you don't. I know you, Texas. I know you, Professor Powers. I know you got people that do the digging for you, don't you, Texas? I like to do it myself, too. Mm-hmm. You can, you could get by with losing a pinky. You could hold that little trowel, that dainty little trowel. Just missing a pinky, you'll be fine. So, Morgan. So, uh, Clara, you guys are standing there. Um, and you hear, uh, the ringing of the bell upstairs at the front door. So, uh, I got this book still. Yeah. And now I'm a little bit more with it. Okay. I'm going to smack the dude in the face. You, okay. Roll to smack him. Smack him. Yeah, so he hits me. Yeah. No, that's Son just, of a bitch. Let's roll a, a fighting brawl. Whoa, 29 out of 75. All right. You swing and you fucking make direct contact with the side of his face. (laughs) And uh, the momentum from you swinging and you hit that and ah, both your wrists and your thumbs kind of buckle because as soon as the book makes contact with him, that book freezes in place. And you let go and his face is starting to go to the side and the book is just staying there. Son of a bitch. What the hell is this? Give me a chair. Uh, Ruth, Texas, you just see a book up here out of nowhere and Terrison's head shoots to the side and some blood droplets come flinging out and this he clinches down on the cigar so it doesn't doesn't fall out of his mouth and oh. there's a book that just hits the counter hits the floor and he's like, Morgan's gonna get his eventually because I remember Morgan okay so you had the book you did that and as as you're doing that 
Clara, you're going to hear the bells ringing upstairs from right, the front door go, opening. I'm going to go peek out and see. You go up the here. you go up the you go up the stairs and you you make out the outline the silhouette of a man and he's out of breath. You can <laughs> Hello? There you guys are. I'm going to rush down the stairs towards you. Oh, it's Finn. Oh, thank God. Who took it? Who's got it? Where'd it go? Yeah, what? Finn, my film. I, I need my film. I don't know who has your film. I'll lead him back down the stairs. Finn, uh, you're, you're heading down these stairs with mm. her, and it is a long staircase that's leading underground. Mm. And the further down you go, the more you... Finn, you would know the smell. It's smelling stronger, stronger of, of reefer. It smells of reefer and brandy and and in alcohol. You know, it's uh, it smells like the the dive bars you went to when you were in the when you shouldn't have been going there. <laughs> so she's leading you down, and you see this. It is very nice, uh, very nice furniture, bookshelves everywhere. There's cabinets with guns, ammunition, sword. It's anything you could want that you shouldn't be able to buy. Mm. And at the counter, you see Tariffson from the diner. Um, his hand is on a sheet of paper and he's got a book stuck to his face. And you I'm see a chair. Ruth <laughs> and Texas standing in front of him. Uh, but none of them are moving. You see Morgan frantically, he's circling around trying to find a straight back chair. He, he's just searching for something. You don't know what he's trying to find. Is there a lamp? I don't I don't see shit in here except more books. I don't know. Unless we all want to hit him with books. Roll spot hidden. <laughs> why are we hitting I'm him? I'm gonna explain to Finn that they're frozen and we can't figure okay. out why why he's looking for something. <gasps> Forty seven out of fifty two. Alright, as you're going around, you go by the big plush chair that he was at, and you notice there's an end table there with uh, like a highballer glass with just a little bit of brandy, little skim of brandy left in the bottom of it, and it's just it's just an, a small decorative end table. I found a table. <laughs> okay. I'm going to uh, smack his hand with the table. Okay. Before you do any of this, Texas Ruth, he looks back at you and he pulls the cigar out of his mouth and he reaches in and he pulls out part of a tooth. Not the full tooth, but it's broken. <laughs> Your friend has a lot of fucking <laughs> nerve. Well, do you blame him? I do. Because I remember working with him before he grew his hair out and decided to start dressing a little differently and before he called himself Morgan. And I'm guessing before either one of you met him. <laughs> I just met him like a day ago. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so so two fingers for two knowledge. fingers, and I'll give you information about what you need to do to take out Walter Lynch. Deal. All right. So he picks up the cigar trimmer and he slides it over your pinky, and he pushes down. And he's not doing it fast. He pushes down until it just pops through the bone, and your pinky falls down. And he looks at you and he goes, do you really think you're going to need a ring finger, young woman? And he puts it over and he pushes it halfway through and he starts twisting it back and forth. There's a little bit more meat on this one. I'm going to have to cut through. And he snip. So those come off. You can't move your hand. 
So he takes another real big pull off the cigar on the ashtray. He ashes it and he blows on the ember at the end of the cigar and he puts it on and starts to twist. I don't want you to bleed out, do I? And he cauterizes both of the nubs on your hand where your fingers were with that cigar. And he puts it back in his mouth and he takes his hand and he lays your fingers out side by side. All right, Ruth. You've got one of three keys that Walter does not want you to have. Walter's hidden another key. There's a third key that your librarian friend doesn't quite understand that she knows how to get to. Now, Walter's not working alone. (laughs) See, he's got a friend overseas, Mr. Clarkson with a lot of money who helped Walter get a lot of money. And this town specifically Innsmouth, they helped destroy. And your friend who likes to swing books was kind of part of that. Un- unwillingly, he was kind of part of that. And there's some things in Innsmouth that they don't want you to find. Now, next time you see Jillian, just know that her situation that she's in now is not something that she wanted. But just know that she's maybe key to part of what Walter doesn't want you to know. You find those three keys. You find the locks that those keys go to. And you're going to end Walter. And you're going to end Mr. Clarkson. Texas! How's it going? And he's got one finger and he's just circling it over this sheet of paper with the sigil on it. And Clara, Morgan, Finn, while you guys are there, you just see, which hand was it? Which we'll say it was your left hand, Ruth. You, when you're standing there, Ruth's pinky finger and ring finger just disappear and you smell burnt skin. Hurry up and hit him with the table. For whap! <laughs> Where are you? Over, over the over head? Over his fucking hand. Over his hand that's on the page? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, do, 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 do. All right. Roll. Yeah, just roll fighting brawl. 49 out of 75. 49 out of 75. All right. As soon as it hits where his hand should be, the table shatters, and his hand has moved to a new position in front of him where he's got a hold of a cigar. His hand is not on that sigil anymore, but it's right there. And the hand, his hand has a cigar in his mouth and his other hand um, is, it's not, it's not holding the clippers anymore. His other hand is in front of him like he's talking to Texas. There is a little sheet of what you thought was paper, but it seems to be very thin flesh tone leather. And it's got a sigil that's been tattooed on it. Can I? No, wait a minute, no. I- it's got a sigil on it with, there's blood. There's blood pooled up Can on the middle of the sigil. Can I take my knife and just slice across that sigil? I'll allow it, but I want you to roll me in a cult. <clears throat> Would I recognize this, any of the symbols? Uh, you uh, roll me in a, in a cult also. Ooh. No fucking way. Nope. 
That's a two percent. Two percent. All right. Out of fucking five, there's no fucking way. <laughs> All right. So you're cutting the you're cutting that in two. Yeah. All right. So as you cut that, it slashes right through that. It slashes right through that sh- that sheet of. Oh, okay. Blood. And as soon as you do that. You, you hear a book hit the floor. Ruth's hand comes down and she's grabbing it. And Tarifson's standing there with a cigar and he's in mid-sentence with Texas. And he goes, so do you want this knowledge or not, Texas? Because I think it's going to help you guys with Ruth's keys to success, as it were. And next time you fucking hit me with a book, Morgan, maybe I'll pull out another scrapbook for Claire to check with some of your history in it. The fuck? Who the fuck are you and what are you talking about? And he slowly pulls open his coat and pulls out and he sets down a little leather wallet and he opens it and it is it's Agent Tarifson, FBI. See, we before I I left the service, you and I worked together specifically here in Innsmouth. You probably don't remember because you weren't calling yourself Morgan. You didn't have the lovely long hair either. So he blows smoke right in Clara's face and he just gives her a big shit-eating grin. She coughs and waves it out of her face. And uh, he's, I see you figured something out, Norman. And he looks down at the counter where you had cut. Mm. Uh Now, Texas... You heard me tell Ruth there's some keys to her future. Keys to success, as it were. What I'm offering you is it'll benefit you quite a bit, but it'll also help Ruth with those keys and probably help help all of you get out of this. Get out of this whole sticky situation you've gotten yourselves into alive. And all I want is your pinky. And he looks at Norman and he goes, I'll take Norman's pinky for it if you want. Can I roll an intelligence to see if I recognize this guy? Yes. Okay. I did get it. 35 out of 60. Okay. Norman, you are starting to get a starting to get a migraine in your left eye is hurting and you hear a voice, just a deeper, more angry voice in the back of your head and it's laughing and he's <laughs> that son of a bitch oh it's good to see him nobody else hears that you just hear that in your head what the fuck so he's standing there waiting to find out if, if there's gonna be a deal looks like a uh, part of the deal is destroyed oh oh Texas Texas we can make more of these. We can make more of these all you want, Texas. That's not how I talk. Okay. <laughs> Listen, you're a grown-ass man, Texas. I'm not going to stop your fucking deal if that's what you want. But I can tell you right now, this guy seems like a slimy bastard. Morgan, you can you can pay for his deal if you want. It's going to probably benefit all of you. <laughs> and he's taking another big pull off the scar. Like He's looking at me like he's like, it might... <laughs> His sins are his own, much mm-hmm. like his choices. Yeah. And say if not, and he pulls out a pocket watch and looks at it. 
Shop's closing here pretty soon, folks. Now, I didn't threaten any of you. Have I threatened any of you? I'm simply making deals. You came to my shop to make deals. I didn't hurt you, Morgan. I didn't do anything to Ruth that she didn't agree to. He's telling the truth. Mm -hmm. Texas, did I do anything to you? Not yet. And he looks down and goes, seems to me I did business with you folks. Selling you firearms you can't find anywhere else. Selling you ammunition you can't find anywhere else. And then you have the audacity to break my end table. And look at this. You marred up my countertop. I'm going to have to hire someone to come in and repair this countertop. So I'm going to look at you and say, I just had to give up two fingers for information on how to kill Henry. Yep, go ahead. As long as I get that sigil too. Okay, so... Finn, Clara, Morgan, you don't know what's going to happen. So <laughs> he's got the Terrison has the cigar in his mouth and he takes a big pull off it and blows it out and he picks up the cigar clip and he, oh, Texas, hands out. I'll do it my left hand. Okay. So he puts, he slides it over. Well, if it's just the pinky, I'll do the pinky out. Yeah, he slides the pinky, he slides it over his pinky, and he goes real slow, and he's he's not even looking at Texas. He's looking at you, and then he notices Finn, because he hadn't, he didn't even notice Finn was in. He's like, you okay with this? And he's pushing down, and then you hear an audible where it breaks the skin. Texas, yeah. you're in pain. I'm, uh, if you I'm, had, can we roll a constitution to <clears throat> wince? Or? Not yet. Wait till it hits the bone. Because okay. <laughs> he's looking at Finn. Yeah, I'm going to turn and around. You okay like, with I, this? I can't watch this shit. All right. Roll me another sanity. <laughs> and Claire, she's got her hands over her eyes. Meanwhile, I'm staring right at it, just sheathing my uh, knife. And he looks at Texas just as he's pushing down. And Texas, you feel it scraping the bone. And he starts twisting it again. Got to cut through the meat. Now roll me a constitution. <laughs> it's going to be a hard. So I will spend three luck to okay. just make it. So uh, you notice Finn, his, he's losing color. He's almost turning green. And he's hitching, trying not to vomit. And Terrison's laughing. And he pushes through the very end. And you hear the bone snap. And he... Big puff off this... Pull off the cigar. And he puts the... And he doesn't even bother about getting the ashes off this time puts her right over and twists and that's when you guys smell the burning skin again and puts the cigar in the ashtray and collects your finger and lines it up next to Ruth's pinky and he walks over to the cabinet the glass case and he just fucking smashes it don't need this anymore and he pulls out these sheets from a book and brings it over sets them down but it's in a language you can't read and he, underneath the counter, he pulls out a lockbox and he pulls out a chain from that he's wearing around his neck and he opens this lockbox and it is the English translation for these pages. On the page, you do notice there is that sigil that he had drawn with intricate details on the sigil. And he says, folks, at least three of you uh, witness the power of the promise binding. Now, Texas, this tells you how to do that. And you can bind someone 
and you choose when they're not bound to you. And it kind of, you saw the effects of it. And the way that they can break it is either do what Mr. Norman did and break the sigil, or they make you a sacrifice payment. Of my choosing? It'll be of your choosing. Well, yeah. So if you bind, if you can bind them, you can hold them in that state until they make a sacrifice that you choose. But it also binds me as well. It'll bind you in that same state. Until they refuse or accept the deal. Or the sigil is broken. So you could bind Jillian. I don't think there's anything that keep her bound. This is a key. This is part of the keys to your success, Ruth. And he hands it to you. And it is, you start looking and it is the English translation tells you how to do this, how to create these sigils and how to use these sigils. And it tells you that when you bind someone in, in this state, you can either choose to let them go like he did with Morgan because Morgan refused to take anything in return for the sacrifice, or you keep them there until they make the sacrifice you ask, or the sigil is broken. Now, if you folks don't mind, he starts gathering pieces of the broken table. I'd like for all you pieces of shit to step out of my establishment. I'm going to just walk uh, out. I'm. Can I? I want to try to take the book that had the twins. Had the twins in it? Yeah. And he stops and goes, Oh, Clara. Is that the one you really want? I'm going to guess by the... Yeah? No? George! Slip me another hundred so your young librarian friend can take all three volumes. Yes. She gets excited. She grabs Well, you just hear me yell George. Who's George? I'm still staring at you. And I yell, George! I need another hundred for your young librarian friend to purchase all three volumes. And then he goes back to collecting pieces of his broken end table that you can tell he's pissed off it's broken. I'm looking at And he's you. got a small trickle of blood coming out of the side of his mouth where he got fucking walloped in the face with like Paul <laughs> probably like the third book of the Don Quixote I chose the Bible. <laughs> well like I said he's got a, an original printing of Don Quixote over all of them and you just fucking that's what you laid into him with so he's, he's not real happy about that. Is one of you George? Not that I know of. I one of who? Uh Texas, you don't have any money. And fucking Norman, you're the one throwing it out like it's going out of style. I do, but not that much. Your librarian friend wants to purchase some books. Unless she's got a hundred dollars on her librarian wages. She's not walking out of here with them. <laughs> Nothing. I, I don't know who the fuck George is, but if you're dead set on those fucking books. It's important. I'm going to slip another hundred. Okay. It better fucking be. Okay. And I'm going to slip another 20 on the table. Mm-hmm. Here's your shit. I slip another 20 on the table. And he takes the money and lines it up. And he lines up those three stained black fingers. And he... He's kind of 
it's it's not he's not laughing, but he just finds humor in it. He's Oh, Ruth in Texas, you don't know how much you gave up with these fingers. You were the last living people to see the twins. You don't know what you gave up. And he takes them and he he wraps them in a like a white lace handkerchief and he puts them in the lockbox that had the translation and he locks it and tucks the chain back in his shirt and puts the lockbox away. I don't think you understand what I'm willing to give up to take oh, Henry yeah. down. You've got, Ruth, you've got eight more offers. Texas has nine more offers. But as for the rest of you, don't ever fucking come back. I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking for my fucking film. Whoever stole it off my I'm going my like, I'm going upstairs. You hear him say, I'm looking for my fucking film. I'm just going to keep going upstairs. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to take one of the shirts on the rack, okay. wrap my hand, because I know it's cauterized, yeah. but it still fucking hurts and it's sore. Yeah. I don't want anything fucking touching it. Well, you know, it's like so. your hand, it's it's oozing, but it's oozing black. It's not blood that's oozing out of it. Ugh. So I'm going to wrap it up, give it kind of a padding, you know, and wait for them to come up. I'll go up with my stuff. I'll follow with my books. Great. Um, so, Finn, you have a roll of film that you are very pretty dead set on keeping a hold of, or at least getting developed. Yes. Okay. And you guys keep hearing him. He's where the he's going on about this film, and oh. it's missing. Are you coming upstairs? Yeah. What's yeah, so important about out. this film? It's I. I can't remember anything <clears throat> about why I was flying through this area. All I know is I was test. I was supposed to test out some kind of new surveillance camera for the military. <clears throat> and that has answers as to where I was going and why I, you know, why I crashed. It's kind of like my, it's a flight record at this point. I need it. I need it developed so I can see where I was, so I can piece together what the fuck happened. Then we need to figure out how to get it developed. <clears throat> I know and where we can get it developed. We just have to get there. And I only trust me to carry that shit. Are you sure you trust yourself? It was pretty easy for me to take, and I'm like reaching out and holding it, mm. like towards you. I'm gonna grab it and put it away. Well, <sighs> you know, when. You know, when everybody's kind of sticking together and you leave me by myself, then yeah, it's kind of easy at that point. But I trusted you, you know, you guys to at least be, you know, there to watch over me because I did just fall from the fucking sky in a goddamn airplane. So excuse me if I was a little under the weather and had to sleep a little bit. I but, made sure you were <clears throat> safe. <clears throat> but in this town, have you seen this town? There's no safe in this town. So I'm the only one left downstairs. Yeah, and he's not paying any attention to you. <clears throat> Before I go up the stairs, I'm going to stop. I'm not going to turn around or anything. I'm just going to say. What do you want with those fingers? Oh, there's power and power in everything. If you have enough faith. 
You three were the last ones to see the twins alive, and they marked you. Somebody is going to buy these from me. I can put one on the market. Even if I put one of Ruth, that one finger, Ruth's pinky, how small it is, I'll be set for life. I don't give a shit what you know about me or what you think you know about (laughs) me. All right. We both did dirty bad things and we're both dirty bad men. Morgan. No. See your way out and close the door behind you. And he can hear them arguing upstairs. Tell the idiots if they can find, they can if they can make their way to the Marsh House. They can make their way to the Marsh House. They're the most. They were the probably the wealthiest family in Innsmouth before. Well, you know, they probably have the equipment they need to see what's on that film. So I'm just gonna put my hands in my pockets and I'm gonna walk up the stairs. And you hear, close the door. <laughs> I'm going to leave that bitch open. <laughs> <laughs> so he told you, find the Marsh, you know, Marsh's house, the Marsh man's. Um, they probably have the equipment to help you see what's on the film. It's up to you if you let the rest of the party know. So I'm going to walk upstairs. I'm going to look him up and down. Our pilot friend. Yeah. Need to take you to a hospital or something? No. I'm fine. I'm not bleeding. Not about you two. We need to figure out what to do next. Yeah, you're not going to be any good to us if you're dead. I'm not going to die. Probably in no hospital in this town. He cauterized it. It's fine. With a cigar. It's fine. I mean, it works. Texas. Yes. You look at you. You're gonna hold up your hand and look at where he cut it off. Yeah. Yours is all are all bandaged up, right? Okay. Yeah. Texas, when you look, um, it's starting to scar over already. There's that black. It's not your blood. It's it's from your hand being saying that black has come out. Has come out. Has come out. Has has oozed its way out, and you can tell it's kind of fusing itself together to seal up that that wound. I think you'll be fine in no time. I'm like looking at his and then kind of pulling back my bandages a little bit. Okay, and it's doing the same for you, Ruth. Yeah. No hospitals. This shit ain't natural. Well, then uh, what part of any of the shit we've had to go through tonight has been natural? I... At any rate, we need to go to the Marsh House. We need to go to the Marsh House? And that is where we're ending this episode. Enjoy, you pretty little babies. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for tuning in to Call of Cthulhu Mythos Mysteries. I'm going to do my best to fill Ariel's shoes and make everybody happy and scared at the same time. Ah, in the meantime, check out the show notes. We had a link to our Discord, which is an awesome community full of awesome people. Very open. Very nice. Um... And we've also got links to our store, so you can buy some merch for all the different shows that we record. Uh, Until then, we will see you next episode. Stay safe, stay healthy, and most of all, keep your sanity in check. I love you guys.